Welcome to DFS with Fields of Fantasy, hosted by Johnny B, Dowie, and our DFS expert, Riku. How's it going, everybody? It is your boy, Johnny B, and we are back here for week two of DFS with Fields of Fantasy. And of course, after an absolute crazy week one with a lot of shocks and some teams looking as terrible as they did last year. But as always, I am joined by Dowie and our DFS expert, Riku, who will be taking you through a little overview of last week before he previews this week's Sunday Slate. Take it away, Riku. Will do, and congratulations to Brian D3653, who won our Listener League. Uh, this week's Listener League is up, so it will be in the notes for the show, and we'll be promoting it throughout the week. So $5 DK tournament, so looking forward to that. So this week's late, I mean, week one was chaotic, to say the least. Uh, lots of late news and injuries, whereas this week we're going to have some High-scoring matchups, we assume. So, starting off with the Chiefs against the Jags, which is 51.5 points predicted. That's likely to be a bit of a shootout. The other game I think people were excited about until last night. Sorry, Johnny B. Uh, Raiders against uh, the Bills, which uh, would start it off. The lines opened at 49.5 and have dropped to 47. But we know with both offences, they can really take off and score lots of points. Uh, there's a few other interesting games on slates. So I think, again, people were interested in Ravens against Bengals. So we'll see how Joe Burrow bounces back this week. Uh, that's at 46.5. And finally, uh, and certainly not last but least, but a game I really like this week, which is the Seahawks, who didn't play particularly well against the Rams, uh, against the Jared Goff-led Lions, and we always know the Lions are a team that can put up lots of fantasy points and have a very condensed offense. So I think it's going to be a really exciting slate. Uh, again, my sort of tip of the week is we have very small sample size of one game, and that's sort of who's been running routes and carries. So things can change because game plans change, but also... Uh, the weather conditions last week impacted games like Browns against the Bengals and also Jalen Hurts against uh, sort of the Patriots, although Hurts won't be playing on the main slate and the Eagles, so it's not that big of a deal for this, but keep an eye on the weather. Uh, but yeah, happy to have the season back. And what were your guys' biggest takeaways from week one? Jimmy G is the fucking guy. <laughs> It's just so many shocks, and I think a lot of people. Uh, I mean, Bengals did got beat, Chiefs got beat, Bills got beat. There was other shocks as well. The Bucks beat the Bucks and the Vikings. Um, I think the, a Bucks lot. Were, the Bucks and the Rams were probably the two yeah. biggest upsets for me. The Bills last night. I'll be honest; I had it as a close game, close scoring game, which I think. It was going to be a three-point game with either way, so mm. I don't see that as much as a shock as most. Um, I actually even had lot. I did put money on the Lions to beat the Chiefs. I like these little week one uh, bets. Yeah, um, I think the Bucks and the Rams were my two big shocks. Yeah, but it is week one, and week one is a week where you do see a lot more shocks as teams are trying to find their own form for the season coming because you know changes of personnel or changes of coaches, and it can. It can clearly change a lot. I mean, 
Chiefs without Kelsey. What has that yeah. shown us? That Cal- no Kelsey, no party at, at KC, is it? So it's going to be an interesting one. And it'll be interesting to see if Kelsey plays this week as well, won't it? Yeah. Because that'll probably influence whether or not people take Mahomes. Because Kelsey definitely elevates Mahomes. Mahomes still played well, but you're not going to, you're more likely to get towards those 30, 35 point games, like, like those peak big games when Kelsey's on the field with for Mahomes, I think. And they rotate, they, you know, wide receivers a lot. I mean, I think it's MBS is the only one that plays most of the mm. staff, and that's because he's just there to run yeah. sort of wind sprints down. He's the, the only one who can catch the fucking ball in that wide receiver core. <laughs> well, yeah, definitely. That is true. But, you know, we always know Tony has spike games, and I don't understand the usage of Sky Moore. Why draft him if you're not going to play the ball to him? But either way, should we start off with quarterbacks? Yeah. Yes, definitely. Who wants to start off this week then? I will go. Do your Jimmy G pick and get it out of the way so we can get some serious thoughts here. So, for me, I think the high-scoring game for me is going to be the Bills and the Raiders. I think I do fancy Bills to win it as a high-scoring lead, and I think Raiders will have to throw the ball. So, my expensive pick is going to be Josh Allen. He's playing against a terrible Raiders defence. That secondary is one of the worst. Russell Wilson completed 27 of 34 passes against us. Obviously, Russell Wilson is not as talented as Josh Allen. Their offense is going to be a lot quicker, put more points. You also have the rushing upside. So when it, when you look at your high-scoring games, he's a quarterback I think can get 30 to 40 points. My low-scoring, my uh, low-end pick, sorry, is Jimmy J. Because in a shootout, both teams have got to put up points. You can get Jimmy G at 5,300. He's coming off an impressive performance. He completed 20 passes at 26 for 200 yards and two touchdowns. He wasn't actually on the uh, field that much, really, because Broncos ate a lot of time up. Um, the Bills won't do that. They'll be putting up points and we'll be back on. So he's going to be forced to throw the ball. We know what Jimmy G is. He's a reliable passer. At 5,300, it gives you a lot of money to spend elsewhere. You know, I can see 20 points for Jimmy G, which at that range, I think is pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I'm going with Josh Allen myself as well. I completely agree. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, I'm not reading into uh, the Raiders keeping uh, the Broncos to a, a lower score this week because it is the Broncos, and well, they were probably one of the worst offences in the league last season. And yeah, they didn't look that great. They've got players out, you know, with Judy out. Dolcich is looking like he's going to be out, so they are going to rely on Troutman and Sutton. And it doesn't really give you much hope for uh, a team that without those two guys. So for me, I think the Raiders' defense probably played better than they should. And when you're playing a team like the Bills with Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, um, you know Kincaid and Knox, they kind of, it looks quite an equal share I thought between the two of them over the week. So. It's it's going to be harder for the Raiders to probably read the Bills, I think, than the Broncos. But yeah, for Josh Allen, for me, he's going to have a bee in his bonnet and he's going to bounce back, surely. I mean, I'm hoping. I think I'm so depressed after last night that I'm probably just more hoping that Josh Allen is going to be bouncing back as my cheap guy, well, cheap-ish guy this week then. I'm going with Gino. He's playing the Lions. And I just think... It has proved again that the Lions don't do well against QBs uh, in fantasy. They were fourth for most points conceded this week against quarterbacks, which follows on from 
um, the fact that they were the worst team against quarterbacks in fantasy last season. So I think the, the patterns that you've got to try and find is, are any teams following the kind of patterns that you did see last season? And for me, the Lions are still have that weakness against quarterbacks and wide receivers. So for me, I'm, I can see Gino and I'm going to talk about DK in a bit because he's my pick as well. And I can see that as a, a, a pretty, pretty popular stack because I think people will go for that Gino cheaper pick um, just because of this matchup. I, I agree. I mean, I like Gino this week and, you know, he didn't play particularly well last week. He had a uh, 18 completions for 112 yards uh, it will be interesting to see what happens with Lockett. I think he's in concussion protocol. So if you can get Gino, JSN, Metcalf for fairly cheap, and I don't think mm. people will be super high on uh, JSN, Jackson Smith and Nigba. Nobody can say that name. Jackson Smith. JSN. So, Jackson uh, Smith and Nigba. Yeah, and I think this uh, P. Carroll-led offense needs to be pushed to score points. Otherwise, they're going to run run the damn ball because, you know, Pete Carroll's mm. up the school. So I think Gino will be fairly popular, but I think stacking that game, I mean, you've got Amon St. Ra as a sort of bring back. So I think that makes sense. And that could be a sneaky shootout. Um, so I think it's a great game. Uh, uh, it's going to be played in Detroit. So it's going to be played uh, in a dome, which helps, to, you know, particularly throwing the ball, so we're not going to be worried about the weather conditions. So I agree. I think uh, at 5,900, Geno's a great uh, pick. Uh, the other one I like is Trevor Lawrence against KC. Uh, Chris Jones is back, which actually one more thing on uh, Geno. I know they just signed Jason Peters, so we don't often talk about offensive linemen here, but Charles Cross and the other offensive linemen, um, Second year player both got injured in the game, so that's just something to keep an eye on because the Lions do have a decent pass rush. So mm. if they have a you know off the offensive line injured, then I think that could be problematic for Gino and time to throw the ball and particularly deep passes for DK. But yeah, so Trevor Lawrence is my other one, six thousand seven hundred against the Chiefs uh, at Arrowhead. So one to keep a weather, one to keep an eye on the weather again. I mean, we know that Doug Peters will, will allow uh, Lawrence to throw the ball a lot, particularly if they're trailing. So I think Lawrence is easy to stack with Ridley, Evan Ingram, Zay Jones is clearly the number two receiver there, at least from what we've seen. So I think the other way to play this game, if you think it's going to be high scoring and the Chiefs are going to be spreading the ball around, is the Trevor Lawrence side. So I think at 6,700, Trevor Lawrence is a good pick. Definitely better than Herbert. Borrow, question marks, fields, and, you know, there's obviously merit for Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, but I think Trevor Lawrence is sort of a tier after Mahomes and Allen in this uh, in this game environment. So those are my two picks, Gino and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I like Trevor Lawrence. I think when you look at the high-scoring games, you've always got to look at the quarterback. It's a bit of a, a no-brainer. Like Some people will go with mm-hmm. the Chiefs game. Some will go with the Raiders game, Lions game. So I think they're the three games to look at. One one issue I have got, Rika. Yeah. You haven't mentioned Jimmy J. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think my my challenge with Jimmy G, I mean, it's twofold. One is Jacoby Myers. If he's injured, that's going to be problematic to an extent. Hunter, Hunter Renfro comes in. Uh, 
you know, Jimmy G and Jacoby Myers clearly have a very good connection. Uh, Buffalo don't have a shot down corner like Patrick Soutain was basically just following and shadowing um, Adams all game. So I think that was affected him. Uh, but let's see. I mean, I think the Buffalo pass rush is pretty good. Uh, so, and that defensive line or that offensive line for the Raiders isn't great. So, whether uh, I, I disagree can... with that. That Broncos have a good pass rush, they have a good defense, and the yeah. O line didn't allow Jim. I think people underrate the O line at Raiders. I'm not saying it's the best, but I think it's a good middle of the road. Jimmy G can get that ball out quick as well. That's what he's good at. Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, I think Jimmy G, I, I'm always looking for ceiling. So Jimmy G for me probably doesn't have the same ceiling that, and this is gross, but Baker Mayfield is 200 cheaper and Baker Mayfield against Chicago's defense, which is terrible. I think you can get around the same points. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I like Adams this week, but I'm not keen on Jimmy G personally. Do we move to running back? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, do you want to start off, Dowie? Oh, yeah, you know, I'm uh, one of the best scouts in the game at running backs. <laughs> Derrick Henry is my expensive pick at 7,400. I actually like him in the fact that this year he's going to be, no one's touching him. You've seen it in fantasy. I don't think many will look at him in DraftKings either. So he got 15 carries last week, so he's in the volume of it. Spears never got any of it. The thing what I really like as well with Henry, when he gets some of the passing work, he lets rip. You know, you see that um, Stefan come out, you know, he took a few of them uh, Saints players out. The Chargers have always been bad against the run. So this is one of them games I can see, you know, one of them big Derrick Henry 80-yard runs when he just stiff arms them all out of the way. I think this is a game he goes off and scores them big points. And I just like him in the fact I don't think people are going to touch him. So you've kind of pivoted away from the field. So Derrick Henry, for me, I'm going for him there. My cheap option, this is a risk because he looked terrible. But I like the matchup. Dion Jackson, 4,900. In his first game, his numbers were 13 carries, 14 yards. And he had five receiving passes for 14 yards, which is terrible numbers. But their um, rookie running back they uh, drafted, is it got injured in that game? Jonathan Taylor, obviously, and they they don't, Zach Moss is trending not to be in either. Texans have always been bad against the uh, rush. They allowed three rushing touchdowns to the Ravens. Um, So, you know what? In DraftKings, it's all about taking gambles, trying to save a bit. If Deion Jackson can see the end zone, um, I, I think, you know what, 4900 is justified price. Also, Richardson's got that slight injury on his knee. Now, I think he will play, but you might see the ball get dumped off a bit more as well. So could be a higher usage as well. The one thing I'd say about, I mean, Henry's a good pick and I like him. Uh, Spears, mm. actually, I think he might have out-snapped Henry. He didn't get as many carries. No, he he only got, got, I think he got two carries. Yeah. But I think the thing is that you won't see Henry as much on third down as you think, but that Chargers defense, is, as Johnny B and I were talking, is garbage. And it's yeah. the run funnel as well. So I think you could see Henry have a 70-yard run and you could you could see him score two or three touchdowns. 
but you probably need Tannehill to be relatively efficient to get the ball down to scoring positions. But, you know, at 7,400, I think Henry's a better pick than someone like Bijan, who looked very good, but, you know, got vultured by Tyler Algier a few times, or even someone like David Montgomery, who's cheaper, that gets a lot of carries, but isn't nearly as explosive. Well, talking about David Montgomery, he's one of my picks this week. Seattle Seahawks, 24th, Worst against running backs for scoring last week. Um, you look back at uh, 22, they weren't particularly good against running backs either. And it does seem like at the moment, DeMont is getting the preference over Gibbs. He's clearly the, the preferred out of the two at the moment, isn't he? Um, he had 21 attempts for 74 yards and a touchdown. Um, and I think he's going to get the volume again against the Seahawks. Um as I said, last year they were fourth worst against running backs and they were not particularly good last week. I think they were t- sixth worst. So it, it should be a good matchup again. And I think for me, I see Lions getting in the lead and then they're going to try and kill the game off while the Seahawks have to chase it. So I think Lions are going to then have to give Demont the um, the volume in that running game. I think Gibbs is probably more likely to be see passing action. And for me... They are using Demont more in that Jamal Williams role uh, throughout the season. Yeah. My other running back is Barkley. So my expensive running back. So uh, Barkley, I think he is. You know, you know what you're getting from Barkley. Um, he's playing Arizona. Oh, they are terrible. Um, they were 13th against the Rutten last week, but I think they are generally going to be worse than that. And they played who the Commanders. And they did not look convincing. Brian Robinson um, seemed to get most of the volume. You know, they're not running backs elite that are going to be putting up a lot of points. And I don't see New York versus Arizona as a shootout contest. I think it's going to be one where Barkley is just going to be used to run through Arizona because they are terrible. Um, And after last week, they are probably going to try and rely on that as much as possible. It's a bounce back week. And get Barkley to win the game rather than putting it in the hands of Danny Dimes? Uh, my picks are Richard White, 5,500. I don't think he's particularly good, but nor do I think the Chicago Bears defense is good. The other thing is, you know, he's a three-down back for a team that's probably fancied to win playing at home. Uh, so I think all things considered... He only had 6.9 points last week, so he didn't play particularly well. But he had 17 carries, two targets. That could all go up and, you know, variants could play its role. And you don't need for someone like that like that more than 16, 17 points. And you're laughing at that point. So I think Rashad White is a workhorse back at that price. So big fan of that. Um, the other back I was thinking is Aaron Jones playing in the Dome against the Falcons. Uh, I thought I was quite impressed by Jordan Love, but he clearly likes to throw the ball to running backs, and we sometimes don't know what rookie quarterbacks or you know, mm-hmm. quarterbacks that haven't had many snaps, how good they are passing the ball. Aaron Jones was used like a weapon. Uh, the Packers rotated wide receivers a lot in that game, so all the wide receivers were in rotation. I think yeah. that's not going to continue, but you know, Watson's likely to be back. But Aaron Jones will be used. He only played three quarters, but I think he'll be used similar way to 
a Barkley or CMC that they'll use him a lot in the passing game and, you know, those high-value touches. So I think as long as Aaron Jones is healthy and he's off the injury report by Friday, I think at 6,600, which is remarkable that his price has stayed so long, low, considering his performance and popularity last week. Uh, yeah, I think he's a smash play in that situation. Should we go for wide receivers? Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to go for wide receivers. So for me, I've, I've, I've mentioned earlier on when we've been talking about Gino, I, if I'm going to go Gino in this game, I'm going to try and match him up with um, DK. I think DK, especially if Lockett's out, is the guy. And if you actually watch the first half of uh, last week, there seemed to be a really good connection between Gino and DK. And DK definitely had a better season. I had a bit of a bounce back season, I think, last season and got himself back into um, some fancy greatness in a lot of games and this last week as I said there was connection there and then they're playing the Lions and they're just not a good team against quarterbacks and wide receivers they weren't last season they were terrible against quarterbacks last week as I've already said and um, although wide receivers didn't score particularly well against them last week they were paying Casey and Casey's wide receivers are just not that great are they now and then they might do okay and they have their old game but they're not reliable and well, Casey just didn't play that well, did they, without Kelsey? So for me, it's just an, it's just a good matchup to try and stack and everyone. I mean, you can even try and, if you really, really think it's going to be shootout, just pick DK and pick Amara because there's plenty of cheaper options that you can put around them if you're going to go with Gino as well, who's particularly cheap. And JSN, my cheaper option then at wide receiver is Puka Nakao. He looked good last week. So did Atwell. I just fancy gambling on one of these Rams uh, wide receivers. They looked a lot better than we thought they were going to be. Um, you know, it, even in the run game, I just think that there's, they're all quite cheap. So it depends which one you want to gamble on. You could gamble on, as I say, Atwell. You could gamble on uh, Puka Nakao. You could gamble on Van Jefferson if you want, but he dropped a lot, I thought. He dropped a f- quite a few, few easy catches. So I'm looking at those two, Atwell and the cow. One of those, they're only they're well under 5,000. So one of those could easily pick you up some nice points uh, this week as well. Um, so obviously I see the Bills Raiders as my high scoring game. So I'm going to go with Stefan Diggs. 10 receptions, 102 yards and one touchdown against one of the better defences in the NFL playing against one of the worst. You know, he's their number one target. I expect him to eat in that game. To go with Josh Allen, I love that. My cheaper option is MVS, 4,500. I see the Jags and the Chiefs game being the second high-scoring game. you got Tony coming off a bad game. Are they going to trust him in this one? Skymore, as Riku said, his usage is poor. Hmm. We've seen MVS have done spike games last year, didn't we? Like we always said, he's a great best ball pick. So even with Kelsey back, they're still got to they're still going to use their other targets. So I'm personally taking that gamble on MVS this week. DFS leagues are won by taking these gambles and hoping they come off. So he's the one. Um, it's the matchup I like more. And um, so. Yeah, I think having them two in the two high-scoring games I quite like. Nice, yeah, I'm a big Diggs fan, and I think Diggs this week, he had over 100 yards. And and also what we saw this week is Allen doesn't have to have a ceiling game for Diggs to play well. So, you know, I think Diggs is going to be popular because people have 
Monday night, what happens in DFS is when it's a Monday night game or, you know, Sunday night football game and somebody performs well, people tend to be very high on those players because everybody's watching those games. So I'm sure that Diggs will be very popular, but I think he's a good pick. Uh, so two other wide receivers. I'll start with the cheapest one. Josh Downs for the Colts. I think before the season started, we thought that uh, Putman and Pierce are going to be the main targets and they'll continue to be. Um, so Putman last week, he had a total of uh, 11 targets, eight receptions, 97 yards, had a really good game. But Josh Downs, uh, he had seven targets, three catches for 30 yards. He is 3,100. So if we look at our punt receiver, you know, punt receiver against that Texans defense, slot guy, uh, somebody that uh, Richardson trusts. And as Darwin said, he might have to stay in the pocket more. He might not use his legs as much. I can see Josh Downs being a good pick for that reason where he can actually, even if he gets you 15 points with that salary, he's going to be an absolute smash. So I like him. The other guy I kind of like is Josh Reynolds. Uh, who seemed to be the wide receiver too uh, for the Lions. So I'm quite high on him as a pump play. And he uh, gets the deep balls as well, doesn't he? Yeah, so he seven, targets, yard seven targets, 80 yards, four receptions, 12 uh, DK points. So, you know, if it's going to be a high-scoring game, it's not a bad option. The So now we pick my top play. My middle option is going to be Debo Samuel. Uh, Ayuk had a very good game. Debo Samuel didn't disappoint, but didn't have a particularly good game. He had seven targets, five receptions, 55 yards. He was also used uh, for rushing. He rushed the ball twice. Uh, I think Debo Samuel, we know what his ceiling is. Rams defense isn't particularly good. I can see uh, Shanahan scheming lots of stuff for him in a game like this. Uh, And everybody will be quite high on IU because you know, recency bias, but Debo Samuel in that game, particularly if Kittle isn't still 100%, I can mm. see them using him in very creative ways and he could have one of those ceiling games. And I think if, if you're looking at that sort of 5 to 6K range, he has as high of a, of a ceiling as the guys like Ridley or Metcalf and others, and we've seen him do that uh, for the last couple of years. So those are our wide receivers. Yeah, now, I, like, uh, I like Debo actually because... You always have that like rushing upside as well, don't you? You know all the scheme Shanahan does for him, like. So yeah, I, I do like that pick. And big cut Brock, how good did he look? He looked amazing, solid. I'm, yeah, really, really impressed. I mean, I think you could almost say big cut Brock probably highlighted the problem with Josh Allen. Yeah, that's do it. the right, do the right thing, not the thing that you well, yeah. just don't don't do the hero stuff. Do the stuff that's you just need to do to get to win you've got the players around you i mean he's got better weapons around him than josh allen does but still it's not like josh allen doesn't have elite some elite talent around him and debo last year against the rams uh it was a monday night game he scored 26.7 points uh in DraftKings, seven targets six receptions 115 yards and one touchdown but anyways, he can get there on that price. Now we need to go to Gross's position on the slate where the highest scoring player in week one was Hunter Henry. So 
and we pull out any sort of value at tight end or anything that's... Rico, you start us off with tight end. I can't stand them. <laughs> I think just remove the tight end and just add another flex position. I I'd think. rather add a kicker than a tight end. <laughs> oh, that's... Uh, you've got to go fan deal for that. Uh, anyhow, tight end. <laughs> Tra- Tra- uh, Adam Troutman, 3,000. Gross pick, uh, but it looks like Dolchis is out for a while, and we know uh, Sean Payton loves Troutman uh, in the game against the Raiders, uh, where obviously the Denver Broncos receiving corps is highly depleted. Uh, he had five targets for 34 yards. That's 8.4 points. If he falls into the end zone once, for 3k is more than paid off his salary so I think when it goes for cheap Titans I think he's a he's a good pick this week uh, I know that he's around the same price as Dawson Knox and uh, Kincaid but I kind of think if you're going to go if you're not going to go for a bold stack then Troutman probably doesn't have the same ceiling as these guys but makes sense in many ways at least for me yeah so one person I really like um this week is Laporta uh, in yeah. this Lions Seahawks game. I mean, when we looked at the slate and we were picking tight ends last year, the first thing we were looking at was who's playing the Cardinals and who's playing the Seahawks. And if the our thought process is this is going to be an absolute shootout this week, then you've got to kind of back the fact that Laporta could have a very good game this week and he, 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 he got some volume last week didn't he and if he can get that volume get some touchdown work as well any red zone work on top of it then he could be a nice little play I think Seahawks are just a good matchup for him as a if you think as a shootout then he's got the potential there to do really well this week I, I like the Porter in lineups where I don't have uh, I'm on St. Ra because one of mm. the ways how a lot of the Goff stacks will fail is that Goff throws two touchdowns to uh, Laporta. And yeah. people have Goff and Amon St. Ra and Laporta, which is not the cheapest, but not the most expensive stack either. And you gain those two touchdowns from Laporta. Goff goes, say, 270 yards, two touchdowns, both go to Laporta. And Amon St. Ra has 80 yards, 10 receptions. That's 18 points. But for that salary, if you can get the Paul to have two touchdowns, 50 yards, five targets. So you're looking at, you know, you're looking at 22 points there. So that's an absolute smash for that salary. And also you've got leverage then over the um, golf stacks with, I'm going to say, Ra. the other reason, that's why I also like Evan Ingram, because a lot of people are going to be playing Ridley because he's going to be in a popular game environment. Then Evan Ingram, He's a pivotal Ridley because every time Evan Ingram catches the ball or scores a touchdown, that's one away mm-hmm. from Ridley. So, uh, yeah, Evan Ingram and uh, Laporte are interesting from that kind of perspective. Yeah, I looked at Laporte actually as my um, more expensive one. I've gone Dalton Kincaid just because of the Bills stack. He's, he had one more reception than Knox. I think you'll see as the season goes on, Kincaid will get more receptions than Knox. Probably do a bit of blocking, won't he be a proper tight end? Uh, like I say, with the Raiders, we're not very good at defending in the red zone. At 3,300, if he finds himself in that red zone with a touchdown, he pays his price off. So I just think he's high scoring game. So the stack for me, Alan, um, 
Diggs and Kincaid just to keep a bit of the price down as well. I was going to go for Kyle Pitts, but I thought I can't. Arthur Smith and Desmond Ritter don't throw the ball, so it just doesn't make any sense, does it? Nah. No, he'll no. get like two receptions for 40 yards, won't he? What was well, Greg London last week? Um, <clears throat> did he have one target and no receptions? Mm-hmm. He scored a donut, so one target, no catches against the Panthers in a game that they won 24 to 10. I mean, if, if somebody would have given you the box score before the start of kickoff, would have you played London in that circumstance? I probably would have done. I mean, the other option, I think, in on the slate, if you're going to go expensive, is again, you could go for um, targeting one of the teams that were worse last season, Arizona or Seattle. Go yeah. to Arizona, Darren Waller. He, he didn't have a particularly great week this week, but did anybody at the Giants? No. I don't think you can base what the they're going to be like against Arizona as like what they were like against the Cowboys defense. I so, just worry about Waller's uh like his injuries. He's already doubtful for the first game. He hasn't been fit for two years. He's just I, I just feel like one game he's going to get a catch and then go off for six weeks again. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I think it, you know potentially that it's it's a good it's just a good matchup for him, isn't he? I agree. I mean, especially if you want to be spending up and you don't want to have Kelsey, for example, then I think Waller makes sense because Waller has the ceiling that he could be scoring, he could be the highest scoring tight end in the game. Yeah. Or, or this game week on this slate. Uh, so if you don't want to, if you want to fade Mahomes and Kelsey and go for Waller, then an interesting way to actually play the Chiefs game is you pick like Pacheco or someone like that. Then you have Trevor Lawrence and Ridley and whoever, Evan Ingram, and then you have Waller as a tight end. So storytelling yeah. there is that Chiefs will score, but they'll score on the ground. Uh, and then Mahomes doesn't have a good game. Kelsey doesn't have a good game, but it's still going to be high scoring and Waller's the highest scoring tight end on the slate. Yeah. And that's if Kelsey plays, which we'll yeah, have to see. Let's see. I mean, yeah. let's see. Defense. Now we go ahead. I'm going to do You're going to like this one. Jets, 2,700. Now, because the Cowboys won 40 0, they're making out like they're the next killers. I think the Jets will keep them down. And they've got enough playmakers. You know, Dak loves an interception, don't you? Intercity, that goes into a pick six. Jets have got the playmakers to. I just think people are reading too much into first week, especially it looks like DraftKings have done it with the values. So, for me, 2,700, that is a bargain with the Jets. Yeah, I, I mean, Jets are probably top three, four defence in the league. So, I mean, that yeah. makes sense. My only worry is that if Cowboys take a lead, they're just going to run run the damn ball because that's what Mike McCarthy likes to do. So, there isn't going to be that chance for turnovers and sacks, as we saw with uh, in the game against the Giants and the worry is that Zach Wilson, at quarterback, turns the ball over so many times. But I think on paper, you know, Jets make a lot of sense. And if you're looking at that mid-tier, yeah, I think Jets are objectively a good play. But you 2,700 is pennies. Yeah, but you probably want that game to be a bit of a shootout if you want the Jets so they can be teeing off on, uh, you know, Prescott. Uh, I, I mean, my picks are Raiders against the Bulls. Um, I don't particularly think it's, I think it's, you know, Raiders are going to be their lowest price defense. Uh, for good reason, Riku, for good reason. Yeah. But 
if there's any weather concerns or anything, I think it's probably worth having them. You know, Josh mm-hmm. Allen can turn the ball over, so you never know what's going to happen. But I'm not high on that pick. So, and they're going to throw the ball, right? How I look at defenses, defenses are who might be able to get sacks, and we know Max Crosby can get sacks. Chandler's own, Chandler's own Jones is locked out of the gym as we. As we're talking here, so currently waiting to get back in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's on the he's on the phone to Gruden saying, "Where's the keys?" Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so I think the Raiders, um, if the if if there's a reason for the Bulls to throw the ball loss and they can keep it close, I think the Raiders' defense needs to step up. The other one I like is, and Johnny B and I were talking earlier, is the box. Yeah. 3,200 against Justin Fields. I don't think the situation gets better than that. Fields eats sacks like, like I eat breakfast and he will turn the ball over. Bucks have a good defensive line. Yeah. You know, Vita Bayer, they aren't going to run the ball much. They're going to have to be throwing the ball a lot. So, and that secondary that the Bucks have is decent, quite good. You know, Anton Winifred Jr. and Dean and others, so I think it could be a real smash spot. And I think they they actually at three thousand two hundred they could outscore any defense. So I think they it's... can outscore any tight end as well. well I mean... Actually, I'm going to shout out Mark Watson on this one. All summer he's telling me Tampa's D will be good, and I weren't sure. Like, but they were very good first game, and Clancy looks a steal that first rounder. What I said last week was, you know, they made a lot of changes in the off season for. In, in a free agency, and uh, you know that's what they targeted quite a lot in the draft. So they were purposely trying to build their defense back to what it should be compared to what it wasn't last year. And I just wasn't sure that I, I just didn't think that it'd be week one they were going to come out flying out the blocks like they did. It was a it was a massive shock, especially against the Vikings. One and, of the more offensive in the NFC, and they the Vikings. And yeah. you know they they must have that, that they must have had a very very good camp to get all these new guys within the defense to gel within that unit because they looked so good against the vikings yeah i mean i think popular defenses i think people are going to pick the packers yeah the problem with the packers is that uh the falcons have a good offensive line they're going to run the ball all day so there's not going to be much options for defensive scoring so i mean I don't think you need to spend any more probably than where the Bucks are. Yeah, I. you know what? I, I was thinking about this. The Cowboys, the only reason I'd say that is because Zach if Wilson. the Jets are trailing and they have to give Zach Wilson a chance to <laughs> Yeah. And that Jets defensive line look atrocious. So for 4,000, the Cowboys defense could be, you know, break the slate. I mean, they had 37 points against the Giants last week. I can't think of I mean, that's more than... Is that more than Tyreek Hill? Let's see. No, Tyreek... I think Tyreek Hill got about 43. Yeah, he got. He was in the 40s. But well, it could be more than all the tight ends added together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny you are. All right. That's us done. Well, thanks very much for listening. As Riku said, there is a link in the bio to join our DFS contest over at DraftKings, currently placing three, $5 buy-in. Uh, we had 63 people in last week, which is the highest we've had. So hopefully we're back killing it with a nice big chunky prize for those top three. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter at 
FOF NFL UK and you'll be able to keep up to date when uh, we drop the league each week so thanks very much for listening good luck for your DFS on week two <laughs>